It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey, you guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires, and I am the host of this podcast. Um, And today we're joined by a familiar voice, Mm -hmm. a familiar voice to this podcast, Jason Harris. How's it going, man? It's so good to be here. It's good to hang out. And I think more Jasons should just hang out together. I think there's a thing. There should be lots of Jasons. Lots of Jasons. Lots of, Mm -hmm. there's... That would be terrible, actually. I think that could be a bad, could be a bad scenario. If all the all the Jasons get together. Tell us about you, and uh, I know you've you've introduced yourself many times to people, yeah. but uh, you've had some changes in your in your world, and kind of tell us about um, what you're doing and where you're going. Yeah. So first off, I'm a child of God. I am a husband uh, to my beautiful wife Marissa. I have three kids. Um, the oldest is 13. The youngest is six. So. In the thick of parenting, yes. uh, I'm a para- I'm a pastor at Browncroft Community Church in Rochester, New York. Uh, I've been here for 13, going on 14 years. Um, really focused on um, worship pastoring for many of those um, for really the first 13 years, and then this summer. Uh, I stepped into the executive pastor role at Browncroft. And so some of the same focuses, but the day-to-day looks a lot different uh, as I've stepped into the executive <laughs> pastor role. But you kind of right now have a foot in both. You're working... I do. I have I have a toe still in worship leading. So I have a great team that's taking on more and more uh, leadership and ownership of the worship ministry uh, and really allowing me to kind of dive into uh, the executive pastor role. Um, but it's been cool to kind of, to shepherd them well into this next season. So good, man. Well, this month we're talking about identity. Mm-hmm. We're talking about identity as a leader and as a creative. And one of the reasons I was, when I was looking at people to bring into this conversation, I was like, man, Jason, you're, you've gone through, you're going through a shift going. Mm-hmm. I was going to say gone through, but you're still going through mm-hmm. a shift from one role to the, to the next. And I think a lot of times in ministry, like, there are a lot of other roles can shift around, but like worship leaders go, I don't want any of the other roles. There's, you know, there's other things. There's, there's numbers and planning that go along with all the other roles. And, um, but you know, as, like I said, as a worship, worship leader, we're living in the creative world and you've kind of shifted into the strategic planning space. Yeah. How has that gone for you? How is that, how is that shift going for you? <laughs> Every day is a little bit of a, a battle. It's like, because I love worship. I love uh, worship leading. But really, as I've grown, like it, worship leading was more about walking with people. Um, and so, you know, a different title. So the titles, I, the roles I fulfill, um, like executive pastor or worship leader, often are about what I do, maybe even kind of what we're gifted in. Yeah. Um, but these titles, like I try to hold differently than say like husband or father. Like I took those titles on and that's forever. Uh, and so um, I try to get to a space where like my job title doesn't shape my calling. Amen. Um, so my gifting and what God is doing in me, it might be confirmed by a job title at some point, but that's like not required. It's not required that that happen. Yeah. And so I think like stepping into the executive pastor role, I think actually was really a confirmation of some of the work that God had been doing in me and started in me years prior 
um, of just like working with people, developing people, working with people over a long period of time and seeing them grow and develop, uh, something that really started in the, the worship ministry that I was leading and then became more and more of a passion. And then like, really like, how's it going and shifting into strategic planning? Like, I think we need more creatives and leadership. Um, and so, uh, You're we not need wrong. creatives yeah. in the planning. We need creatives in the planting and the, yes. the establishing of churches. Uh, cause every church has an identity. Um, but if we don't have the visionaries, we don't have the creatives, uh, in those meetings, in those planning meetings, in those visionary meetings, we'll probably only replicate. Um, we want to make sure that we know who, what God is doing in our church in this season and really grab a hold of the identity that God's placed in us. I think like there's four churches on Browncroft Boulevard. So we're Browncroft Community Church. There's four churches in like a two mile stretch. Yeah. But God has placed us each year with a unique identity, unique call, um, same gospel, and we can be friends. Um, and so with that in mind, like who is God placed or what is God placed in us as Browncroft? And what what has God placed in us individually? And that's the fun thing to kind of uncover. That's the creative process. There's a lot of like problem solving. And, you know, I love to invent and innovate. And sometimes that was like in worship planning. And now like the pool and the sandbox just got a whole lot bigger, which is scary for everyone else. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, putting a creative in charge of planning is like, <laughs> you just go, well, I have so many ideas. Oh, sure you do. Exactly. You know, sure. Sit over there and just do, you know, yeah. You're like, don't, don't, don't speak unless I, unless I tell you to speak. Yeah. One of yeah, those, really, I love, I like love strategic that. Strategic planning, you know, it has a discovery process, a discerning process, a galvanizing and implementing process. Like they're the, the flow of strategic planning. And really all that is, is really discerning the call of God on your church, on your life, but on the church here. And then really walking with people into that. Um, as pastors, you're always shepherding. And so it's cool. Just like in worship ministry, you're always, you know, you're working with a team and you're really shepherding the congregation. Yep. And so in the, the planning of all of the ministries now, because really a lot of what I do is kind of ministry alignment, strategic planning, really walking with our pastors, like the pastor of pastors in some ways. Um, and how do we walk together and walk our congregation through and into you know, whatever the, the next thing God's calling us to? Yeah, man, that's ah, so good. I love that you said you grab on to the to the title of dad and husband and like you're, those are not going to change. No. Like no matter what you do, you will always be a dad. You will it's always like be a husband. Core identity mark. Core, totally, totally. And you like those, those are your people. That's your thing. Like no matter how you move things around, but you're not always going to be a worship leader. You're not always going to be, um, what, what you do is different than who you are. And, um, and er, a, a couple episodes back. So earlier this month we had Brian Taylor on from slingshot and, uh, he and I were talking about how your identity shouldn't be tied to your output. One of the things Bob Goff always says is take away what you do. Everything else is who you are. And mm -hmm. so if you introduce yourself to somebody, you know, the first question somebody asks is, Hey, what do you do for a living? Or yeah. like, you know, it's always, you know, like, what do you do for a living? Nobody says, tell me about yourself. Or like, you you know, tell me about who you are. It's always, we find, we find our purpose or our reason for living in the job or the title or the thing that we do. But the thing is, is that's shifting and that can change. And so um, being a creative, 
that has transitioned to a new position, still a creative, you know, you still have those, 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 those things. How have you seen that ring true for you? And how have you kind of handled that? You mentioned it a little bit, but I want you to kind of unpack that a little bit. Um, I, I think of like when we get to heaven and I think they have enough worship leaders probably. And so (laughs) I think about, I literally think about this. I'm going like, like, they probably have enough worship leaders. You probably I'm, figured that out by now. <laughs> you no, know, I'm going to be a worshiper. Like, that's my role. I'm a worshiper. That's another, like, identity marker. Like, I want to worship the Lord. And for my time here, I get to share and express that. But, you know, <laughs> that's something I get to do now. But what I'm going to be doing forever is worshiping. Um, and to make sure that's, like, a core identity marker. Um, I do something called the 12-week year. Um And when I started it, like I had a lot of goals that were transactional, that were transactional based. I focused on like the quantitative, like writing more songs or leading bigger congregations. It was all about like numbers. And then like over the last decade of worship leading, you know, I placed kind of more of the emphasis on walking with people, leading people. Um, but more than leading people, walking with people, getting to know their stories. And I think the more I focused on that, it, it changed my perspective. Um, and then it really changed how I led. And so like our calling is kind of really about, you know, walking with people, go and make disciples, get to know people, go and make disciples. And so, you know, this shift, this, this transition in the new position, it's still about like shaping and steering and recognize what God is doing in people and doing in our church and, you know, helping them step into that. Um, And at the same time, have a recognize, um, be able to recognize what God's doing in me and have other people speak into that. Um, I have a a worship leader friend uh, who, you know, was leading for a while and got picked up by a large, you know, Christian record company. And he made it after, but after uh, a few years, um, that deal went away. Yeah. Didn't go exactly as planned. Um, yeah. And so we talk about identity. And then it was something that, cause it was a journey because he, he got into the top of the mountain that he was climbing. And as he got there, it was revealed to him that that wasn't the mountain he was supposed to stay on. Mm. And so then God took him on this journey of refinding his identity as a creative uh, and as a worship leader. And like, when I talked to him, like, I love that he never stopped seeking. He never stopped leading uh, and it's been really cool to see just the journey that God has been taking him through, uh, through these seasons. So like in the season that I'm in right now, like I love, love leading worship and it sounds maybe strange coming from an executive pastor. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I love is numbers and music. Yeah, no, I don't no, know. Right, not, <laughs> no. Um, spreadsheets, and, lots and, and lots the of spreadsheets. <laughs> thing in the current role that I've stepped into is we have an operations director and we have a finance director. So they report to me. So I like my, I want to walk with people. Like I want to talk with people. I want to, you know, and strategize together. If my head's in spreadsheets all day, I'll go nuts. Um, (laughs) so I'm, I am glad that we have very gifted and talented people that love that stuff. (laughs) Cause like, as I was saying, like, I love working with worship leaders. I love working with people, our volunteers. Um, but as I stepped into this position or even began to say like, God, what are you doing? I had, like, I had to realize that those things like leading worship in and, and working with worship leaders had nothing to do with a specific um, position at a church. 
Um, and at times, like it's been super hard to kind of give certain things up, um, like things that I honestly love to do. Um, but it's also been super rewarding because at the same time, I've been able to empower leaders um, that I've been able to walk with and that I love into greater leadership. Um, but the the more the more that I've I've walked in this, uh, I've realized that those things, those roles like leading worship and um, leading other worship leaders had nothing to do uh, with a specific position. Yeah. And, and at times it's been super hard uh, to give up some of the things that I love, uh, but it's also been super rewarding uh, to be able to empower the leaders that I've been walking with for, for several years and see them step into the things that God's calling them to do. Yeah. Uh, step into the things um, that, you know, that God is doing in them and to call them and allow them, empower them in the greater leadership. Um, and really, like my hope uh, is to provide a space uh, and support them to really uncover that thing that God's doing in them um, and in their lives. And so, you know, the more I step into uh, this next season of ministry, um, it's been cool to say some of the things that I've like grown and developed in, and then to be able to release. Um, yeah. Well, you, yeah. you mentioned that you've, you would, you would kind of seen this many years back because feeling like God's kind of was prepping you for this transition. Did you, did you find yourself fighting it or did you, did you kind of go, there's a transition coming, I'm going to lean into it or Cause I know there's a lot of times you feel the transitions mm-hmm. coming and you're like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be there. Yeah. Or did you, did you go, God, that's not me. That's not okay. Maybe, maybe it is me. <laughs> or where did you land in that? I've in learned that? Uh, to not resist. <laughs> <laughs> there's been so many times. I mean, I would even say like, I remember telling my wife probably 2018, 2019 that like, there's another shift coming at some point um, in ministry. And it's not that I don't love or feel called to what I'm doing right now. Um, But it's like, God's taken us somewhere else. And I'm not sure yet what it is. And it's kind of scary. But we're going to continue to go after it. I mean, that's kind of part of my, my story um, is like, I was a, like in college, I have an elementary education degree. Um, and so when we stepped into worship leading, it was like, I worship led part-time, never thought it was going to be a job. Um, and just said, okay, I'm going to do this, be a teacher. And then the Lord kept nudging, nudging, nudging. I went, and then it was like, eventually got to a place where my wife and I, we quit our teaching jobs. We were tenured teachers, you know, and it wasn't the fact that we were bad at teaching yep. or I was bad at teaching. She's still a teacher. Um, but it was more of, there's something else that God's doing and we need to be obedient to that, even if it's hard. Um, and so I think in the, the this current season, it was, I was enjoying and felt called more to walk more and more with people and think of how do we replicate that as a church? How do we develop people? Um, yeah and leaders and followers of Christ. And that became more and more of a passion that flowed into and through and back and forth into the worship ministry. But, you know, it became much, much bigger, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And So, Jason, real yeah. quick, I always want to ask you, you yeah, yeah. have also been 
into some major transitions in your life. That is recently. a true statement. I'm the one asking and, the questions here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, no, I'm just as kidding. Brian would say, I would even say, there, there might be some changes in your output. That's right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and so I just want to know, like, as yeah. we talk about the theme of identity, what have you learned? Oh, my gosh, man. I can. This is why this topic is on the podcast this month, actually, mm. is because I have been going through such a shift in my identity in the mm. last, uh, even so many, some of you guys might know, I used to have a music teaching studio and uh, early 2023, we closed it down after 10 years. Um, and I was, I, I started the studio with the intent to like teach and want to be with the, with the students. And I slowly rolled into the manager, paper pusher, kind of feeling like that wasn't mm-hmm. actually what I started it for, but it would just, the studio grew. Um, and I, I knew my calling was and my and my my purpose my why is to was to help creatives thrive that's always been something i wanted to do and i was doing that through the studio but starting to feel a little bit of that burnout like this is not mm. more i was doing more managing less you know actually working with people and um and so we closed it down early 2023 mm-hmm. and um but if you back up from that a little bit i was slowly going through this transition mm-hmm. from um, I'm a musician. If anybody ever asked me what I did, I re- would respond to them based on who they were. So mm-hmm. if they were like somebody locally in town here, I would mm-hmm. say, Oh, I'm a business owner. Like I, I own a business here in town. I teach music <laughs> students and Oh, what do you do? If I was like, I lead worship at churches is it like, it ends the conversation. A lot of times with people who yeah. don't know how yep. to follow up with that. Hi, I'm a pastor. So, nice to meet you. Yeah. Right. Nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, uh, right. And so um, I slowly shifted away from that, realizing more and more that one of the re- one of the big reasons I'm actually doing this, mm-hmm. see this now, is because we transitioned out of that, realizing that our identity was not was not based my my identity was not based in what in who I was. It was based in what I was doing, mm-hmm. and went through some health stuff in 2021. And God got me. He grabbed me hard mm-hmm. and just said, Jason, you are more than you are more than the artist on stage. You are more than the guy who runs the studio. And um there is there are bigger things that you're doing. And you got you need to step back and realize that you are not gonna change, but what you are doing can change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um that sent me on a course to yeah. to, to 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 today where we are um, uh, a lot of late nights, a lot of, lot of, you know, a lot of laying awake at night, staring at the ceiling, you know, a lot of like really introspective um, determination of like what, what, not just what am I good at? Cause the thing about me is, and a lot of people can resonate and I, I'm not, you, you, you can resonate with this too, Jason. Cause you're, mm-hmm. you know, you access both sides of your brain is that I have a business brain and I have a creative brain. Mm-hmm. So I can see the potential in anything and I can fit and I, and, and I know how to get it done. As a lot of creatives can see the potential, but it's like, I don't know actually how to do that, mm-hmm. but like I can see it and I can do it and I can, and I can find, I can figure out the method to make it make sense to run a business, to go do all the things. And that's a dangerous combination. Cause I can, <laughs> I, I, like I walk into a room and go, this room would make a great coffee shop. If we said it, and I mean, then the, then we can and set up the business. And your brain just starts going. And, and then going. it's like the branding and the this. And then what if we had you've them got be the hired? Full business model, but by the time you've got your coffee, dude, I'm like getting workers' <laughs> comp insurance like set up for this thing that doesn't even exist, right? 
and it and it's it's all of the all of the boxes that you check and that's a dangerous combination and i've had to mm-hmm. step back and find myself actually saying uh like going i have to filter everything now through what am i doing and mm-hmm. what is what is what is jason squires mm-hmm. and how does that respond how does that come out of that and um this this last year cuz we just we just came up on a year of this process and yeah. it is it has been emotion emotionally driven exhausting you know exciting terrifying and uh but it's really fun to sit back when you truly are living out who you are mm-hmm. in in a space and you like you're you're really leaning into those things it's kind of like a superpower i mean you know what I mean? Am I am I wrong though? Like when you're actually doing something you love and something you're good at, mm-hmm. and something that like when you're when you're using your 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 gifts correctly, yeah, yeah. you just go, oh, there's so you, much you here. Feel like energized, I, totally. When you're, when you know, you're diving into that, absolutely. I, you know, I so I just, um, yeah, I and mean, it's been, it has been a, it has been a year. <laughs> yeah. It's been a year, but um. But yeah, I mean, truly, a lot of people look at the topics of the podcast and go, where'd you guys come up with all that? It's stuff that we're all dealing with. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not like there's a book of topics that you can mm-hmm. read through and choose. Mm-hmm. It's like, we should talk about that because that's something that I'm actually going through. Or that's, we should talk about that because that's something that I just went through. Or I'm, you know, I'm we're working on together as a team. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm asking the questions here. You asked the question <laughs> and who's interviewing who here? And I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but that's, yeah, that's, it's, uh, I just, I cannot stress enough, like anyone listening, wherever you're at, if you're running, if you're running and if you're running, you're probably not running cause you're a creative. If you're, if you're, if you're riding your bike or you're driving, like I don't, I don't run and, um, like stop and realize like if you are like living as who you are is yeah. so much stronger than, you know, being wrapped up in you know, I'm a guitar player. What if you, you mm-hmm. maybe you're not always going to have, maybe you lose the, the ability to play guitar. Like your passion is deeper than that. And, um, and, and in that there's a difference between what you could do and what, you know, you should do. Right. And that should do is really, what is God calling you to do in this season? And it shifts, it changes. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it shifted for you. It shifted for me at like several times, honestly, yep. over, over my life and it's just seeking and going okay and every time i start something new it's like is this this is something i could do yep um and then to be able to have the discernment to be like but is this is this is really what god's calling me to do is this what i should do yeah and i think i mean there's it it's 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 a terrifying process i mean Mm. it's and and that's that that's just part of it and um your you are gonna, it is gonna be hard. It's mm-hmm. gonna be difficult, but there are, um, the other side of it, you know, is, is, uh, it's just so much better. I often, and this last year and even previously, now looking back on before we closed the studio, mm-hmm. um, realizing I was kind of living out the Jonah and the whale story where God's like, go to Nineveh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, I will not, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and, and, the, and I'm, I'm over here saying no to God hindsight, looking back going, you know, I know I needed to go through some of those things to get to where I am now so that I yeah. understand more about what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but it is, 
um, it would have been so much easier uh, several years ago yeah. if I just said yes the first time. Yeah. And when God was pushing and going, hey, like I have something over here that you need to be working on and doing. And I was like, God, but I could do both. I can do all of it, right? <laughs> you know, it's the entrepreneurial in me going. The entrepreneur yeah. in me is like, I can conquer the world, you know. And yeah. um, and it's now it's sitting back, going, it's really once you realize that, and then and then and kind of create that filter for yourself. Yeah, your ability to say no is so much more powerful because I can things come now, and I go, that's not for me. I know yeah, that's that, not for me. On that journey of kind of like, what should you do? What's God calling you to do at this time? Like, I think of, like, if that's someone, if you're listening, like, what am I called to do? How do I figure this out? Yep. Um, and really just like be obedient, um, take your time, uh, prayerfully step in a direction. Don't feel like, sometimes God tells you to wait and it's an active waiting. Yep. And sometimes that active waiting is beginning to take steps. And then as, you know, if the right opportunities come, jump into them. Um, I'd say seek confirmation from, you know, trusted advisors, but I'd also say, and I think Jason, you, you've learned this as well, that God often teaches you just as much in the no's than in the yeses. Like we often pray for open doors, like, yep. Lord, I pray for open doors. Um, but are we willing to, to learn from the, the shut door? Um, and that's hard because sometimes you want to bang down the door and kick it open because you believe that that's exactly what God should do. And sometimes like right. I've experienced this where it's like, that's the right door, but it's not yet. Like King David, you know, had to wait. Um, and it's like, yeah, just because God's leading you in that direction, doesn't he's going to open the right doors at the right time. Have you ever found you yourself going, God, I know how to open a door. I can open exactly. the door. Like, I can take I it off exactly the hinges. It's fine. This. I can build a door. I can, yeah. you know, I can, yeah. I understand. And as you hit that door, like I've tried to find like, okay, not just like the Lord's calling me here. Why isn't this door like opening? Like it should yep. open. God's calling me here. And then go, okay, what can I learn? What are the things that I'm sh supposed to work on? How can I work on my leadership? How can I work on my spiritual development? How can I, like, what are the things that, that God is teaching me in that no, um, that will help me be prepared for when he says yes. Yeah. And the, the, the cool thing is, is when you say yes to this, the, the, the transitions, and say yes to this space and like, you know, you're living in who you are and what you're doing. You have no idea what you're being prepped for down the road. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. where you're going, mm -hmm. this is another tool you're putting in your belt no. for the future <laughs> that you go, God, I don't see a point in this. I don't see a point in me being here. Mm -hmm. no. But then you look down the road and then you look back and go, I would have never known how to do that had I not done the thing and said yes to God and been more confident in who I am. Mm. So... Dude, this is so good. This is, mm. I love all of this. Mm. But hey, man, as we as we uh, wrap up today, um, I always enjoy the the food question that comes yeah. at the end of these podcasts. And uh, and then, so I have a question for you that it's it's a new, it's a new question for the podcast. Mm. Um, and so you walk into a food court, okay, at a mall. <laughs> A mall, you know, there's malls. You have what's a mall? What's no. a mall? Dad? I remember malls. <laughs> mall was my teenage years. Come Imagine on. a mall. A mall, mm. you walk into a food court, and we're not talking like a small mall, we're talking like the massive mm. food court that has options. You walk around, what are you looking for? Like, what is the thing that you're like, this food court needs to have you know, this? What I gravitate towards. So, like an airport food court. That's a good like, right. Airports. You know, um, we've experienced that. What I often gravitate toward, and it's probably not the safest option, is Chinese food. At an airport? I, 
I don't know, anywhere. <laughs> And, and then you're going like, to get oh, on the plane. It's deep fried. It's going to be fine, right? It's deep fried. Um, that or a cheesesteak. But then, like, it's probably the worst option than getting on a plane. Like, <laughs> eating some questionable Chinese food and then sitting next to strangers for the next three to four hours. Um, but it's what I do. So I'm sorry if you're listening. Uh, or you sat next to you on the plane. There's one of the two. <laughs> it's what I do, though. You're going for the deep fried, the questionable... The, the Chinese food, the, 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 the cheese steaks. Chicken with some vegetables like the broccoli and, you know. Yeah. General Sal's or sesame <laughs> chicken or, you know. Are you the like go to one place and get something or do you kind of like progressive dinner style? Like go I around and go to one place, but my family. So I have three kids and um, my spouse. Yeah. Uh, and we never choose the same place. So, oh, at yeah. Minimum. We're going to four, if not five, different places in the airport. <laughs> like we're waiting in line for an hour. So yeah, you go there early, just in time, That's just to which, get in line, but just to get in line for the places to eat. It's like, why does everybody come on? <laughs> oh, just, that's how we kill time in an airport. We just wait in food court lines. Wait in food court lines. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Ever, I was just, I was just flying just recently and. Yeah, sometimes I get to the airport and you're like, oh, these are my only options. Uh-oh. <laughs> or you walk past, you're like, I'm not going to, I'm mm-hmm. going to skip that one, hope for the next one. Mm-hmm. You get to the next and you're like, ah. I'm going to go to a different term- terminal. Yeah, it's, it's right. You're like, <laughs> like two miles back on the left was the one yeah. thing that I should have stopped at. Yeah. And I got to walk back. Or, Yeah, those are, oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, hey, tell us how we can connect with you and tell us how we can connect with Jason Harris and, you know, I yeah. know you got a lot of things going on. No, so I, you can connect with me just at, on my email, Jason at, uh, at browncroft.org. Uh, you can check me on Instagram, jharriswl. Um, and then on Facebook, Jason Harris, it's the same thing like that. On LinkedIn as well. Um, but look forward to the, connecting with you. Awesome. Hey, man, I appreciate you hanging out today. So I good. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Jason. Pouring into leaders. And you've, mm-hmm. this is the thing you mentioned briefly, like you like to pour into people. But you've been pouring into leaders for a long time, and you're getting, and you're kind of increasing that desire to pour into people and kind of continue to help people be the best versions of themselves. Yeah. So keep doing it, man. Thank you, Jason. No problem. Awesome, man. Awesome, everybody. Hey, thanks for hanging out, and uh, we will see everybody here next week.